Hi guys, welcome back to the Let's Fuck About It podcast. I'm Summer and I'm joined today by my partner and co-host Cam. If you want to find more of us, you can visit my Twitter, which is Summerstone with three E's at the end. Instagram is Seashell Slut, but slut is spelled S-L-V-T. Or for OnlyFans, it's OnlyFans.com slash Summerstone. How's it going, Cam? Uh, honestly, I'm a little hungover. We went to uh, LAFC game last night. Uh, I don't really drink beer. I don't really drink that much at all, to be honest. So I think it just might be one of those things where as you get older, maybe <laughs> you feel it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I have barely drank in the last six months. Like it was a pretty dry six months for me. And then I had like 24 ounces of beer last night. And I feel like that is nothing, but I feel terrible today. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not regretting my life decisions because I thought that game was so great. But I think I might be uh, off the beer for off the off the liquor for a bit. <laughs> I know every time I drink beer, I'm like, why do I not drink beer more? That's why. And then we got in and out after. And so I feel like it's like double double whammy because it's like <laughs> the beer and then the salt of like a burger. In and out's like it tastes so good, but that's just like one two punch. You're going to wake up feeling not so great. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say if we'd feel better or worse if we didn't have the in and out. So what weed are we smoking this morning? Honestly, we still have that pineapple express that we got last time. So I feel like it's got us feeling good, got us feeling, you know, energetic, ready to go. I mean, if that if that didn't help, it's definitely the coffee. I mean, what are we drinking today, Summer? So I feel like it goes without saying that Cam and I both had to go for the ad shot this morning. So Cam's drinking just an iced oat latte with an ad shot and I'm drinking an iced oat latte with an ad shot with vanilla. And we went to one of our favorites, Kumquat, this morning. It's always just like a good go-to spot. Like, you know, those places where you just always know your coffee is going to be good no matter what. Like I will wait as long as I need to wait to go to Kumquat. Yeah, I feel like they really are like caring about the craft, you know, but I would say if you're trying to sit there, there's like almost no seating. There's a little spot outside. So just heads up. Yeah. And I don't know if we're just bad at timing it, but I feel like there's always like a line out the door. But again, it's just like a small shop. So I feel like a line out the door is not that crazy because it's just like what two or three people can sit inside or stand inside in line. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little tight in there. But I mean, they have some of the best like coffee beans I think you could get. They source like from all over the world and have some really cool stuff. So definitely check that out. This is the part of the show where we like to sprinkle in a little sexual education because we all know that sex ed in America is just not cutting it. This is sexual education. So what do you have for us today, Cam? All right, Summer, if you had to guess, how old is the oldest dildo in the world? Allegedly. Like that still exists or just like the first one ever? Like what they think is the first dildo. It it was found more recently, but what they think is the oldest dildo in the world. Please don't make me guess. Maybe a hundred years old? So it's actually 28,000 years old. And they discovered it in a German mountain range around 2005. And it's a stone penis. 
and it was about eight inches long. And yeah, that's what they, they think is the oldest dildo in the world, a 28,000 stone cock. Did they have that kind of like stone smoothing technology to not be getting like little chips of stone in your vagina? I mean, I hope so, right? Like, eesh. I, I mean, some cuts up there, right? I feel like I'm not that surprised. I feel like 100 years was a really bad guess because if I existed 28,000 years ago, I'm pretty sure I would have found a way to fuck myself with something too. (laughs) (laughs) You got it, right? (laughs) So as far as current events right now, um, one big thing is this is something that if you're in the industry, you definitely are aware of. And hopefully a lot of people are aware of this. But basically since 2021, STI cases have been... um, like dramatically increasing. So I think the number in 2021 was like 2.5 million cases of STIs, which is already so much. But then like, even as we try to like kind of erase that stigma around everything, it's still just getting worse and worse. And the CDC is basically blaming this on three main things. So it's a decrease in condom use and then a lack of access to healthcare, and then also a rise in substance abuse. And then basically, as far as like solutions, they're just saying they think that people should ramp up like the STI testing and treatment and then also reducing the stigma, which is obviously a huge one that we're all kind of aware of in the industry. And then advancing research around like medicine, vaccines and overall treatment. So I've definitely noticed in the industry, people sharing a lot of things saying like, we shouldn't be saying, are you clean? Like using that phrasing for STI treatment. And I will say like in the last few months, I've had a lot of, um, I've been doing a lot of like planning for upcoming collabs. And my biggest red flag when I'm talking to someone is if they're weird around like STI testing and STD testing. And there's honestly a lot more people out there that are still weird about it than you would think. And of course, like in the industry, it's important to reduce that stigma, but there is still like a standard for the most part in the industry as far as like testing, where I feel like when you're just like a vanilla person having vanilla sex with just like a few partners, you're probably not considering it the same way, but it's just as important. Wow. That's like, I didn't think the number was going to be that, that big of an increase, but I'm sure when it comes to the politics of sexual education in schools, I mean, I know for a fact that certain states don't even let them talk about STIs and don't offer condoms and don't teach them how to properly use condoms or, you know, preventative measures and how to get tested or where to get tested or offer even the resources for free testing. So I'm sure these kids are going off to college and then learning habits that they just are keeping for for life and not knowing what they should or shouldn't be doing. And then we're seeing this number just expand to like, honestly, unbelievable numbers. If if I'm being being like straight up with you, that's like pretty crazy to me. Yeah, exactly. So if you're listening and you're out there, just make sure you're getting tested regularly, especially between partners and do your part to reduce the stigma around, you know, STI testing and yeah, be just have those open conversations. Try not to, you know, refer to it as clean or not clean if you can avoid it. So last week's episode was really info dense. We were doing like an episode about OnlyFans 101, diving into some just information. So this week we thought we would do something a little more lighthearted. So I asked on Instagram for some questions you guys would want to hear us answer on the pod together. 
and Cam went through the questions and picked out the ones that he thought were the most interesting. So he's going to ask them and we'll both kind of give our two cents. So I went through all of that and kind of just picked out the ones I thought would be like the most interesting to talk about, I feel like, or like the fun, the fun ones kind (laughs) of, you know, just just because that last episode was just like so dense with info. How long do you plan to do OnlyFans? I want to do OnlyFans forever. Not necessarily OnlyFans. Like I feel like in sex work, there's definitely trends of, you know, what's the most popular site to be on or whatever and what's the most relevant but i would love to be doing sex work forever like i feel like i just found an accidental passion (laughs) yeah i feel like when we're old and if we're still making like sexy porn it's just gonna be so fun to just honestly look back at all the stuff we create because this is seriously like a combination of so much of the stuff that we care about and like and it has opened doors for us if we're being 100 percent honest and like I never thought we'd have a podcast, that's for sure. And (laughs) that only came from the sex work that we did. So I'm just excited to kind of see where it goes. I don't think there's an end date on anything, but I know some people kind of try to like get in, get their bag, get out and focus on other stuff. And I don't think that's the case for us at all. Yeah, for me, like porn is absolutely my dream. And that might not make sense to someone else. But for me, like, I would love to be a gilf. Like I, (laughs) I'm trying to write it through to the end, you know, would that also make me a gilf? Grandpappy, I'd like to fuck or is, is gilf just grandma? I guess we'd just be gilfs together. Wow. Never thought (laughs) I'd say that, but (laughs) I love it. Uh, This is a good one. How many hours in a week do you say you work on OnlyFans? Or I mean, con- whatever, content, everything all together. How, how often are you spending time working? Damn, I literally think I'm working. I have an alarm that goes off at 7.30 every morning. And that's when I s- start working. Like I'm immediately working at that time. And then usually like the last thing I do before I go to bed is we're like watching something and I'm still posting and answering messages and stuff. So I think, I mean, it depends on how late I'm up because if I'm like camming or something, a lot of the time I'll be up until like midnight or one. But for the most part, I would say from the hours of like 7.30 until like 11 p.m., I'm usually like not doing work nonstop, but I'm usually like on the clock for that time. So even if I'm like out getting coffee, getting lunch or we're, you know, running errands or something, I'm usually still like active on my socials and trying to answer messages and stuff. So it's really hard to say exactly how many hours, but it kind of is like all my waking hours. I'm like slightly available unless I'm specifically taking time to say like, okay, I'm not going to be on today. I'm not going to be responding to messages. I'm not going to be posting on socials. Like, especially if we're going to see like family or something like that, then I'll try to put it away. But It can be so hard to peel myself away from all of that just because it is so easy to be available that you don't realize like how much time and energy it's actually taking from you. I feel like we always joke like you're always on call. You know, it's like if having it access the accessibility of just having your phone and running your business, I mean, primarily on your phone for the most part is that you could kind of make money any time of day if you're up to do it. So I, I, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's the balance there. I feel like we have to be so much more intentional with the time that we don't spend working and be like connecting with each other and just be like, this is something we need to not do for a little bit of time so we could focus on each other and our relationship and stuff. So 
Yeah, definitely something to learn. Like it was, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, we're trying to find a balance every day. I feel like it just, it changes what we want to be working on and how much time we want to be spending on it. So I think you really summed it up kind of pretty well there. I also feel like even though we'll like step away from it together, that's like also when we feel the most inspired is when we're relaxing and resting. So I don't even know how to count the hours that we're just like getting ideas together and getting excited and brainstorming. So I don't know. Yeah, I feel like when you go away to like the gym or something or you're running errands, I'm just, you know, getting baked or in the backyard enjoying the sun. And I just like word vomit all my ideas when you get back. I'm like, I have this idea and this. I found this out. I, ha- I have to show you this. I want to share this with you. And you're like, OK, OK, yeah. And like we both get so excited about it. But sometimes we need that like break from everything to get those ideas, I feel like. Yeah, 100 percent. Also, we're both totally the kind of people to like make a chaotic like note of all the ideas we have or a chaotic voice memo of all the ideas we have. So then we're just sitting there like comparing them. Like, I feel like we sound crazy as someone who doesn't know us. Yeah, I honestly wonder how many, between the, the the multitude of phones we have, how many random voice memos there are just talking about ideas or whatever we're working on at the time. Yeah, when I want to find something in my notes app, I have to try to like search a keyword because I can't just like scroll and find <laughs> yeah. what I need. Is there anything you wish you knew before you started OnlyFans that would have like either helped or just something you kind of learned along the way? Like what would you think there? Yeah, there's a lot of little things like looking back, I never would have been trying to like post censored on um, Twitter. That's just like a small thing. And I also probably would have just been more like straight with my boundaries of what I wanted to do and didn't want to do. It's just hard when you just don't know what people are going to ask for in the beginning. Yeah, the first thing that came to my mind is like drawing a line when to say no, because it's you're in charge. We talked about this a lot in the last episode, but like the consent part of sex work and advocating for and yourself. advocating for yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just being able to set really firm boundaries that you just never cross, I think would have been good from the start for both of us. Yeah. It's also just so hard when you're new to like identify the time wasters. Like there's a lot of people who just get off on like giving you ideas for what they would do if they could actually afford to pay a sex worker, you know? So they'll just like waste your time telling you like, oh, what about this kind of video, this kind of video with no intention of paying you. Yeah, they really string you along and it kind of takes a while before you start to see patterns and how they're communicating with you Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, you're just trying to have someone to talk to and you're not actually ever going to have intentions to pay for anything that you want. It's just how long can it keep you on the hook as a seller? Yeah. And I think it is good. Like towards the beginning, I got burned pretty early. So I think I just learned not to respond to my messages in the beginning, except for on OnlyFans, because on the social medias where no one has paid you a cent yet, you have to already be good at identifying those things, I think. So it's fine, but it would have been nice to know. Also, I feel like when I started out and I was faceless and I was posting uncensored, I would like censor it with like an emoji or something. And I hate that now. Like, I would just much rather just have the original photo just be like censored already naturally or have my face out of it or whatever. Because I hate how that looks now. Like, I think my whole like aesthetic is obviously a lot more like curated at this point. And I just like have more of a sense of identity. Yeah. Thank God we never were the blur the face with like the blurring tool on any of our content. I feel like you were very aware from the jump that you did not want to post stuff like that. Do I wish the emoji thing didn't happen? Obviously, but sometimes it takes 
doing it to learn, you know, and to just find out what doesn't work. And that's that's kind of why we wanted to do this podcast is just to say some of these things that we just didn't even think about and just give people some stuff to think about before they decide to do this whole, you know, sex work thing, just because there's, there's so many little things that you just, you could not think about before you just do it. So yeah, it's no shade to anyone who does those things. Like, obviously, if it's working for you to blur your face or use an emoji or whatever, that's totally fine. But I look back at our aesthetic at the time and like our nation vibe and everything, and it just didn't make sense. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. What is your favorite type of content to make? I'd say let's put that in two categories for someone, you know, like what's your favorite type of custom content? And then what's your favorite content that you personally enjoy to make for like what we're posting? Ooh, okay. In terms of customs... I think my favorite is when it's like really specific and I know that I'm like making their fantasy come true, if that makes sense. So like if someone's like, I want you to pretend that you're my boss and you just asked me to do this and this kind of company, as long as it's not like overly scripted, I love when it's like specific like that because it just makes me feel like, okay, this person is getting like exactly what's going to get them off, you know? Yeah, that's that's a good one. I feel like if you can make someone's fantasy come true... And make money doing it. That sounds like fun to me. I, I like those ones too. Yeah. And I know like not it's not for everyone. Like a lot of people don't like doing customs in general because it's more of like the what's the word when you want to like show off? It's like, like you're like kink to show off. Oh, like exhibitionist. Yeah. Like the exes. We all have the exhibitionist in all of us if we're probably doing this, unless it's like it wasn't your first choice, you know. But I feel like for customs, It's like if you're the type of person who loves to know that you just like specifically hit someone's kink on the head or somebody's, you know, what what gets them going. It's just so fun. Okay, so what about your favorite type of content that's not a custom that you just like to make? Okay, well, first of all, I love partnered content. So like when we film like BG or when I do collabs and film GG, like the orgy was so fun that I filmed um, with three other girls recently. That was really fun. I love that part of everything. So that'd be my first choice. And then as far as like just by myself and photos, definitely beach stuff. Mm. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind was us doing, you know, BG partner content and then me getting to shoot those GG and GGG collabs. So definitely those are top of my list as well. All right. I know the answer to this next one here because... I tell everyone, I think it's the funniest thing that's ever happened in our DMs. Has anyone famous ever slid into your DMs? Oh, yes. If you are a sex worker, if you were a sex worker in the last like two years, I'm sure we've all gotten a DM from Lil Pump. Little Pump. <laughs> Lil Pump. <laughs> oh, gosh. He was trying. I don't know if he ever did Pump's Playhouse, like if that ended up being a thing. I think it was like an agency. But he was sliding into everyone's DMs and all the DMs said different stuff. Mine that I got from him was literally just sup, <laughs> which remained in the request. <laughs> I didn't even actually know who he was before I got that DM, but he had like millions of followers. So I clicked on his page and I'm like, oh, maybe if I'll see his face and I'll recognize him. No, I've never seen this man before in my life. <laughs> so anyone that, you know, is putting their stuff out on the internet since the dawn of YouTube or whatever has had to deal with haters, you know, the trolls. So as a sex worker, how do you deal with 
hate in the sex work community? Okay, I think there's like two answers to this because it really depends what kind of day you're having. Most of the time, I think you see it and you just think it's kind of funny. Like, it's just like, oh, you're a fucking loser and you just scroll. Like, at least for me, that's how I feel like 85% of the time. And then there's the other 15% of the time where it actually hurts your feelings. You don't know why, but it got under your skin or they're playing on an insecurity or whatever. And I think in those cases, normally sex workers just screenshot those comments and send them to each other. And we just usually will roast that person into oblivion and it makes you feel way better. So I think it's just a good, I mean, at the end of the day, whoever is hating on someone else in the comment section of whatever is obviously the loser. Like there's obviously like very a lame thing to do. It's embarrassing. It's like you wouldn't obviously want people to see your like hate comment you left on someone's page. Most of the time it's someone's like burner account that they just use to look at porn or hot women or whatever. And yeah, it's pretty easy to just like, I feel like we're always just out there like roasting the haters for each other. And most of the time, some other sex worker is going to show up and start fighting the person who's leaving hate anyways, maybe even before you see the comment. The block button is free yeah. and use it because it's so easy just to block someone and you never have to see their shit again. And if it's there, use it. I feel like it makes the community better. And also the sex workers that are communicating with Summer when they're like roasting these people, like they all know they're not going to like work with that type of person. I feel like the commenters don't know that there's this like internal network where people are communicating and talking and giving warnings to time wasters, spammers, you know, bots, whatever, and just letting everyone know, hey, red flag with this person. So, it, I mean, you make the bed that you that yeah. you're, you're, you're sleeping in. So if you're going to comment rude shit, no one's going to be there for you at the end. Like you're not going to be able to sub to these people and they'll block you outright. Yeah. Not only am I constantly blocking people who leave rude comments on my stuff or who, you know, people are dropping their ads to be like, this person comments rude shit under people's posts or whatever. I'm also like constantly just blocking people I see leave other people hate. And also I used to leave hate comments up because I thought it was good engagement <laughs> where on some platforms I will still, but sometimes I'm like, if something actually does get under my skin or even if it doesn't and it's just like, I don't know. It's like, to me, I don't want them to have a voice. So if it's a platform where I can delete their comment, I will most of the time. The thing I notice a lot is being you know, stunt dick in their relationship. These low quality commenters want to like talk about dick size for these people that are fucking these porn stars. And it's just like the funniest thing to me because <laughs> in the end, at the end of the day, like we're the ones still fucking them while they're sitting on a computer, just like spewing hate and like bullshit. So who's winning in that one? I think it's, you know, me with the dick inside of you. <laughs> and honestly, like if someone's going to hate on someone that I'm making partnered content with, that's the fastest block of my life. Like you could say something that's slightly backhanded to me and I probably wouldn't even notice or like give it the time of day. But if you say something that is vaguely backhanded to anyone that I'm collabing with or like filming content with, like you are blocked. You're getting blocked from my OnlyFans. You're getting dropped in every group I'm ever in with any other sex worker being like, this person hates on people you're filming with because it takes a lot for someone to like put themselves out there when they're not like the main person who's really benefiting from the content. So are there any like super funny messages or DMs that you get that you could like kind of think of the top of your head that you feel like you should share? We always say we should make like a coffee table book out of DMs that I get because they're just like so iconic sometimes. But I think the best one that I've gotten in the last like week 
was somebody sent me, they're like, I hope you don't mind that I sent you some recent photos of myself. And it was like a whole jail photo shoot, literally. And I thought that was incredibly um, impressive, first of all. And also like, way to show your loyalty. You're hitting me from the jail phone. Yeah, like, that cannot be you. cheap to hit, get that internet access. Are I you, mean, I if they are, they snuck that thing in. <laughs> He's trying to, trying to get at you. I don't think you're even, are you even allowed to have a phone in jail? Does it just depend? I don't know. I think it depends on the type of jail you're in. Some have a little bit like lax restrictions on their internet access because they could have just been on a computer sending that over to you. And I'm laughing about it. Like, I think it's funny, but also like, I love that. Like, I yeah. feel like that was like also one of the nicest DMs I've gotten lately. I just think to when you show me like the Reddit messages you get and someone will write you like 15 paragraphs of oh exactly God. how they're going to make you come or something. And you're just like, didn't ask for that one, but thanks for telling me where you're going to stick your thumb. The amount of times that I get a five paragraph essay about someone's like fanfic about me, it's just like, do you think I'm reading that? Do you think I'm even going to open the message? Like I could see from your first sentence exactly what it's going to be. I'm good. I think it has to be a numbers game. They're probably sending that out. There's a hundred plus people every time and just hoping someone responds to them, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of the funny messages that I get, especially on Twitter, are copy pasted because I'll see someone like screenshot something and be like, oh my God, look at this message I just got. And I'm like, I definitely got that like two days ago. I feel like at this point, we're just going to have to do an entire like what goes down in the DM style episode. Like the amount of screenshots between the two of us that we have of just the craziest shit that you've received it is no joke when we say we have enough material to make a coffee table book. Yeah, I'm always like talking my vanilla friend's ears off about my job. And I feel like that's the only thing that's like actually probably interesting to them is hearing yeah. the crazy DMs. All right, Summer, if you had to put it down to like top five pet peeves as a sex worker, whatever you want that to translate to, what would you say? Like your number, you know, rank them for me there. Okay, five. I don't feel mentally prepared for this, <laughs> but I'm going to try to just fire them off. So one would probably be when sex workers are overly critical of each other. And I don't mean when people are being offensive. Like if someone needs to be canceled, like cancel them. But cancel if it's like, <laughs> I more mean like if somebody is being super critical of other people's content, how they're promoting stuff like that, like that just is so unnecessary. We get enough hate from just like horophobic, swarfy people on the internet that that's just not necessary. So that's probably my number one. And honestly, it's really unfortunate how often I see that. Number two is probably when I tell my vanilla friends or like people in my regular life, like what I do. And then they always respond, oh, I've thought about doing that, but you know, and then they'll say like, I would have just shown my feet. Like I would just show my feet and not my face or no nudity. Like, yeah, okay. With that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there who wants just pictures of feet with nothing attached to it and doesn't want to go on Google images, but... I don't think I could help you with that. Number three is people probably, this is a hard one, but people will just like expect free advice sometimes or just be really misleading that that's why they're actually sliding into your DMs. Like I've had like people turn like, they'll like sub to my OnlyFans and then just like think that they could ask me like unlimited questions about how I promote and stuff. And it's just always kind of hard because I want to respond and be like respectful and also helpful. And I don't want to gatekeep information, but like, I'm literally constantly working and there's only so many hours in the day. So 
I, I don't know. I feel bad even saying that one because I feel like every sex worker has this complex where you just don't know like how to respond to those messages usually. It's wonderful that we made this podcast that kind of uh, breaks it down though. So maybe in the future we could just drop them that and be like, I, I wish you luck. I don't really have the time to dive into that, but here's my podcast and uh, hopefully it could help you, you know? Number four is probably like, probably like when people... Um, and I don't mean this towards sex workers necessarily, but like when people have, when people want you to like talk shit about their partner, like if someone wants a custom that's like, your wife is an ugly piece of shit and I'm way better than her. Like, I know that that's a kink, but I think that one's kind of tough for me. I get that because it feels almost non-consensual. Like the wife's not asking to be fucking put down. Like, and it you don't really know if they are, if they're, you know, it's not you to judge, but it just seems a little icky. I get that. Yeah. And then number five, this is the worst one. Like getting random DMs of just like porn with someone. Like I sometimes like a DMs where I'm like, this is definitely like someone who's not, who doesn't work in porn. I'm just receiving like unconsensual like videos and I don't know why people do that it's so horrible and I guess that's more than a pet peeve so it's just like super fucked up but that's the first thing that comes to mind I don't have five and I'm honestly surprised you didn't mention the two that came to the top of my you know my dome here but number one for me would definitely be like random sex workers like hitting up the dms to be like can you retweet this specific post and they don't follow you. They've never had a conversation with you. They don't engage with you. And it, it will just be the most random DM. And it, and it's half the time, it's not even like their posts. So it's just like some bot. It, it just, I don't know. It just, it bugs me for some reason. And then the second one, which I was like, how did you not mention it? Is when people try to poach on your post and poach on what you do. Oh, yeah. The poachers are annoying, but I feel like it's just like such an easy block. And a lot of the time they're bots anyways. But you know what that did remind me is that I'm so annoyed by people just like expecting shit for free all the time. Like people will sub and just be like pissed off that you're not like sexing them for free constantly or like doing video calls, like complaining about prices, trying to haggle. Like that's probably I would I would say that for my number five instead. That's a good one. All right. Let's end it on a positive note. Are there any creators lately that you've just like really enjoyed the type of content that they've been putting out, whether that's porn, podcasts, maybe even just TV shows, like whatever you that comes to your mind. Is there anything you want to shout out a little bit? Okay, I don't know if this is really what they were trying to ask for, but the first thing that comes to mind for me is a few podcasts I've been listening to. So I've been enjoying the Online Forever pod. That's um, Susie Stellar and Sydney Summers. That one's really fun. And then Hanky Panky by Hank and Amateur Spice. I know I've shouted out a bunch of times on here before, but that's Nixie Knight and Eve Summers. So those are probably my favorite three podcasts I've been consuming lately. Again, I don't know if that's really what the person was asking, but that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to wrap it up and go find some late lunch. Um, if you want to find us anywhere else, you can go to summerstone.fun. It has all our links there. Also, my Twitter is summerstone with three E's at the end. Instagram is seashell slut with slut spelled S-L-V-T. And my OnlyFans is onlyfans.com slash summerstone. I've been trying to really be more consistent with YouTube lately as well. So if you want to watch me do some like try-ons and vlogs and stuff there, it's summer underscore stone. 
Otherwise, if you have any podcast related questions or if you're looking to get started with sex work or anything like that, the best place to reach out to me would be hello at summerstone.co. But I think that's everything I got for today. Do you have anything to add? Well, hope you guys all have a great week. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.